0: Hello and welcome to our fourth 2017 preseason episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our preview of the Eastern Conference. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Video Replay. Now, not just for the fans. Uh, no, no. Uh, actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I'd like to give a quick plug to last week's episode before we go on. It was all about the Western Conference, so if you're tuning in for this episode, listen to the East, and when you're finished, go back and listen to the West. That would give you the whole preseason full picture, so take a look. It's good. Uh, also, now, I'm going to welcome tonight's Western Conference co-hosts, and I have some of our regular fantasy minds here. We have Mike Denton and Andrew Crawlard. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Doing, doing well, Reed. Doing well. Ready to talk about the East.
0: Good. East, yes. Not the West. Not the West. I know
1: <laughs> that you're from the West, but you,
0: you did some double duty uh, helping out with the, the fantasy previews, especially with Columbus, and you know some of those guys. So, I mean, you can talk East, can't you, Andrew? Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got it. No problem. No problem. So we're going to start with just some quick housekeeping. For those of you who heard last week's episode, this is going to be very similar. We're going to talk about a lot of the same general team impressions, uh, this long-term fantasy targets, and also just valuable sources for the opening weekend challenge, uh, especially from each team, if, if they have any, any source. Uh, but before that... Um, if you haven't already checked it out, there is a Fantasy Primer PDF available at MLSFantasyBoss.com. It collects a lot of the information from last season and gives it in a, a 2017 flair, especially for each team. It lets you easily see their stats. Uh, a couple things got through the editing process, but I mean we did this on a shoestring budget mm, for free. So I think it's, it's a pretty good product for what it is. Uh, but I appreciate the feedback that we have gotten with some of the corrections. Uh, we're on it, and for 2018, we'll try to make a better product. Product, but it, check it out. Check it out. Uh, the team previews have all been posted. So if you've heard the quick update about the Eastern or Western Conference after this podcast, but you want more in depth. Uh, coverage, then check back through the MLSFantasyBoss.com site. Each team has a separate article written by guys like Mike and Andrew and others. Uh, we also have some draft content that is up there. So if you are diving into a, a homebrew draft league or using one of the draft MLS websites that are out there, then um, we've got some tips for you. And uh, that was done by Blaine, one of the editors at MLS fantasy boss, and contributor at Last Word on Sports. So check that out. We're trying to cover everything for you all. Then finally, if you have a podcast and you're listening to our show, we'd love to come on to your show and talk to you about fantasy and your listeners. I know Mike did it before. Uh, I've done it on another show before. But any of us that can, we'd love to come out there and talk fantasy with your fans and just help spread the game. Uh, That's all I have. Do you guys want to touch on anything quick before we jump to the West? The east, <laughs> the east. Sorry, I was—I had the west on the mind because I just get that plug. But yeah, before we jump into the east, do you guys have anything you want to plug? I'm gonna guess that's a no.
1: Um, well, I'll just mention—you mentioned the podcast I went on Blue City Radio. Uh, it was a really good discussion um, with two guys who don't play a whole lot of fantasy. So it was interesting to, to listen to their perspective and, and reflections on the game and the rule changes. Um, in fact, because they were asking me, well, is there anything else we can do to make it more appealing to the casual fan, which is, is really interesting since we are arguing about whether it was too dramatic. So um, give give that a listen. Um, it's a long podcast, but you can jump to my segment. Uh, it's a good perspective.
0: <laughs> That's the best segment, right? That's Oh,
1: definitely, yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, yeah, oh,
0: yeah definitely. <laughs> Okay, well, let's just break on uh, break on down into the East, and uh, we'll just start out with an easy question like we did last week. Each of you guys, give me three teams that you think will make the playoffs and three teams that you think are going to bottom out. Three teams I think are going to bottom out.
2: Uh, definitely Atlanta. They've got the expansion team syndrome, where expansion teams almost never make the playoffs, so that's a safe bet. Um, I think Orlando is going to be another struggler again this year. Um, they <coughs> lost Molino, who was in my opinion, their best player. So um, I think he's going to be a tough one to try to fill his shoes. And then I'm going to go with Philly as the the third one that's going to miss. Mike?
1: Well, I I have uh, Philly and Orlando as well, I think, for for, um, most of the same reasons. But uh, I'm not quite as definite on Orlando. Excuse me, and Atlanta, I think they'll probably miss the playoffs. But one of my locks to miss the playoffs uh, is New England. Um, mm. That was not a good team last year. They didn't really make any significant moves. If anything, the four good players they have, they can't really fit on the same uh, lineup, at least in a way that makes sense. Uh, I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up, so I think they're definitely out.
0: Yeah, I think New England would have been on my list, too. I'm, I'm a little higher on on Philly. I don't know if they'll make the cutoffs, but I, I, I've liked some of the moves that they've done, and I hope that works out for them. Uh, what about... Three teams you guys think are going to make it. it? This is this is the East. It should be easy.
2: Um, actually, I think the East is a lot more difficult to pick three teams from than the West would be. Um, I think DC is is probably a good bet, um, assuming their wingers can stay healthy. They've they've got some depth at winger, but it's it's a bit of a play style shift from their first choice of Sam and to the other guys. Um, I think the Red Bulls are going to make it and toronto is probably as sure a lock as you can find
1: yeah i i would say the toronto's the 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 definite lock their defense is pretty much returning um they just made a a new signing today to kind of shore up their creativity in the midfield and you know that's not a midfield that really needed a whole lot of creativity since most of it is just passed to Giovinco. um (laughs) <laughs> I think the Red Bulls was, sh- should definitely make the playoffs, even though I think they take a step back from contending from Supporters' Shield after losing Dax McCarty. Um, and then the third lock is is a little tougher, but um, I- I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll be a homer and say New York City. I, I think the firepower that they're going to put together means that they'll at least finish in the top six.
0: Very nice. I, I mean, I think it's easy. Toronto, Red Bulls, Montreal are going to be battling there right up the top. And, and my. The pick I'm just going to throw out there right now is I think Chicago makes it back into the top six there for the cutoff. So I think Chicago's going to get into a knockout round. But that's the easy part. Let's get the hard part. Mike, uh, kick us off with Atlanta United. Just general team impressions, your season-long fantasy targets, and anyone who you think is particularly interesting, if anyone at all, for the opening weekend challenge.
1: Okay, well, we'll, we'll kick it off with Atlanta, uh, and hopefully I won't blow the lead towards the fourth quarter. I, <laughs> I think the general thing thing about Atlanta from a fantasy perspective is all of their attackers have a lot of potential, but they're below premium prices. Um, and so I think while I'm hesitant to kind of go on any of them for the first opening week challenge, simply because I have a lot of international players, so you have a lot of players who are trying to get acclimated to MLS, get acclimated to a new country, plus get acclimated to their own teammates. I, I think I'm staying away from them for the first weekend. But a- after that, um, a lot of their attackers are, are going to be good pro- uh, good, at- good, excuse me, good at good prices. Uh, I think Almiron, um, one of the first of many names I would mispronounce tonight, uh, at 9.0, has the potential to be a good premium midfielder at a, at a $1 million uh, less than any, any others. Um, and I think their attackers of Jones uh, and Galaba, um should, should be pretty good as well um so i think that there's some good attackers that i'm keeping my eye on uh, in the future but they they have a lot of gelling and adjusting that they need to do so i'm not sure especially with week one being against the new york red bulls i'm not sure i'm hopping on that train for the opening weekend challenge but in the in a, a month from now you can probably have some good value
0: but you andrew anything to add to that or do you agree no, I think that about covers it. Um, you know,
2: they've spent a lot of money. There's a lot of hype around them, but expansion teams generally don't quite cut it. Um, so I'm I'm steering away from them to start the season. At least we'll see if they can pull it together quickly. And at that point, I'll consider adding them. But for now, they're they're uh, written off.
0: I think that's reasonable. I think a lot of teams will take that strategy. Uh, maybe some guys will jump. Uh, to some quick leads who take some risks on Atlanta. But I think in the long run, it all even out and and getting some more just information will will pay off from those Spanish managers. Uh, But let's move on to Chicago. Andrew, I'm high on Chicago. What's your opinion of them?
2: They have made some big moves this offseason. They brought in Nikolic to start up top as their forward. And a couple times that I've been able to watch him in preseason, his movement, looks really good i am really high on him um they brought in janino who used to be an la galaxy stalwart midfielder back when they were one of the perennially good teams a couple years ago um and then they shipped off a whole lot of allocation garber bucks to new york uh (laughs) to bring in dax um and i mean those two guys right there like Both of them are probably, I don't know, top five, top ten for sure um, in terms of center midfielders, deep-lying center midfielders in the league. So that's going to be a massive, massive boost, not only to shield their really young back line, but just as a place for them to kind of play safety passes so they can actually try to keep some possession this year. Um, And comparing those two to each other, Dax comes in at – $9 million and, uh, Janino's at 7.5. Like they're essentially the same player in fantasy. So if, if you're going for one of them, you gotta go for Janino. You can just completely ignore Dax almost all season, unless he's on penalty kicks. Um, and then they've got Alvarez out on the wing also at 7.5. Um, he took a bunch of corners last year. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be him or a calm taking him this year, who is another awesome choice. Um, They've, they've just got a lot of guys that represent decent value, decent prices. Um, so I'm I'm optimistic about them. I won't quite go on quite as much of a positive note as I did last year on them. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful.
0: You target anyone for the opening weekend challenge? Uh, no. Mike, what about you? Do you agree that are you optimistically looking at Chicago?
1: Yeah, I, I think optimistic. I'm particularly, I think what Andrew said about the defensive midfield is absolutely on point. I have Gino as one of the bargains um, in the entire game. Uh, but also I think that probably helps out all their defenders. None of their defenders are priced uh, any higher than 5.5. And so I think you can see some real um, value there too. Because um, I think they'll, they'll keep some clean sheets, even though the East is very difficult uh, for defensive players. Um, I, I'm not going to go... Too much with them on week one. I kind of want to see how they uh, gel. Uh, and Columbus isn't the best of matchups, um, particularly for their uh, defense. Um, and, and I, I want to see their forwards gel a little bit more. I mean, we've seen uh, them in preseason and do well. But I think they've been playing mostly sub-MLS teams in preseason. So uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll change my mind a little bit closer as they get to some tougher um, warm-up matchups. But right now, I'm staying away.
0: Well, you said the crew wasn't the best for them, but so let's hear about it. What do you think about the crew?
1: Well, I think the crew's um, pretty good offensively uh, as far as what you're going to see on the field. I mean, Ola Kamara was one of the best chance producers in the game last year, and that's, you know, with missing, I think, was it, two months um, until he finally cracked the starting lineup whenever that whole deal with Kai Kamara started. Um, fantasy-wise, I- I'm a little uh, lukewarm on him just because I... I feel like they're, the whole team is priced like a playoff team, and I'm not sure Columbus is a playoff team. Um, so, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong if you wanted to go Ola Kamara, although, you know, I, I do like Chicago's defense for the reasons we just uh, mentioned for the first um, or what we just mentioned. But um, I, I think Columbus does have some, some good players, although, Finley uh, and Miram tend to be inconsistent, but they can be good differential picks.
0: Are they differential picks for opening weekend or long-term?
1: Probably both, simply because I don't think they're going to be consistent enough to be a long-term player. I think your long-term player is going to be Ola Kamara, and the rest of Columbus's midfield are going to be differential simply because they're just not consistent enough. You know, I mean, I remember last year at one point Finley was, you know, on fire and then it was Miram, and then back and forth and it, they don't seem to be able to get true. them all on the same page at the same time.
0: Very true. Andrew, you gave the preview for Columbus. Anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah,
2: I just want to point out that one of their keepers is going to start and they were they're both going- priced at 4.5 so there's going to be a good deal there. Um, I'm pretty sure at this point it's going to be Stefan that's going yep. to be the keeper, and he's currently in my team right now.
0: So, oh, so you are good for him on the opening weekend then. You can't beat the price. I mean, uh, I, no, I think you're right. Any yeah. any 4.5 guy, it's just going to add that much more value to your attacking line. So, Well, uh, you had mentioned uh, DC you thought was going to make the playoffs zero. Is that Mike? Um, I did. I think you did. Well, tell us, tell us more about DC then.
2: Yeah. So DC made some big moves last year. Um, and they completely reworked the way that they attack like mid season, which was really weird for me to watch Ben Olsen do. I've been super negative on for years, but I'm not so negative on him anymore. Um, they brought in Patty Mullins, um, from where was he last?
0: New York city yep what I'm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so now he's he's with DC and providing some holdup play. Um, but I think the the real thing that changed their season was having Sam come in from New York Red Bulls and then have Patrick Niarko become healthy and have the two of them play the Wingers, who are both guys that are okay enough at crossing. They're both speedy. Um, they make good runs. They can both cut in and shoot well. Um, so I think those two guys just did not get nearly enough credit last year. Um, and you know, their back line, it's a Ben Olsen team. Their back line going to be fine. Um, they're not going to try to do anything fancy. They're just kind of solid, steady players that I think are going to be fine for us in fantasy.
0: Now they could have a little bit of uh, competition though at the back, right?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think it was Franklin and Boswell were kind of competing to see who's going to be that center back next to Burnbaum. Um, I don't really have much insight as to which one's going to win out, but I'd avoid them both at this point simply for that reason.
0: Mike, do you want to add anything about D.C.?
1: I think the thing about D.C. when you look at the prices is that this is going to be the team of bargains. This is going to be a team that you're going to look to to fill in your lineup. Patty Mullins at 8.5 is an insane value. Patrick Mullins had the second most chances per 96 minutes created last year. And for him to be priced so low when so many forwards are really higher priced that's going to be a great value, and I think a lot of teams are going to have Patrick Mullins on their fantasy rosters for a, a while just because he's going to help the budget so much. Uh, same with Neyarko, 8.0 for, for him I think is really good value. Um, you could also look at Harkes, um, that's a homegrown that DC Play uh, signed up Um I think he, he, he'll he probably be maybe more of a defensive midfielder role, but he's at 6.0. So he's one of those players who can really help you kind of spend more money elsewhere. And, and I, it seems like right now he, he should be a starter. Um, I mean, you can probably wait a week one or two to, to double check and make sure, but there's a lot of really good values here that I think is going to help you load up money elsewhere. So I, I think DC is going to be a very important team this year for fantasy yeah. players.
2: I would like to just uh, say that. Both of us might be a little bit biased on Patrick Mullins. Um, we're in a homebrew team fantasy thing, and uh, our our team name is Patrick Mullins Tour Bus. So we, we might be a little biased.
0: Well, I can't speak much to that, but I will say uh, I've heard really good things about Ian Harks as well. I think at first he was kind of playing more defensively, but they've seen that the offensive side is where he is is really shining, especially where he did in college. So I, I definitely think that was a great tip for people to keep in mind. Uh, and D.C. is playing at home against Sporting Kansas City in the opening weeks. Are you guys going to grab one of these good values for that?
1: I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, Sporting Kansas City looks pretty good, but with D.C. at home, I, I might pick up Patrick Mullins.
2: Right now I and have Floyd, Floyd Sam. Team. I've got Lloyd Sam on my team right now. Um he should be on corner kicks and some of the set pieces. Um so for eight point five, that's good value to me.
0: Not bad at all. Well, uh Mike, can you tell us some about the value at Montreal?
1: Oh, I think the value in Montreal is gonna be you know on their forward line. Um Mancoso, um yep. he's 8.0 as a so- solid starting forward. Uh, I think that is the second cheapest, or maybe the third cheapest, start- locked on starting forward in the fantasy game. So, if you're trying to make budgets work, that- that's going to be a great player. And you know, Piotti providing service for- on the wing. Um, I think that pro- Piotti being on the wing means he's not going to be as productive. Uh, I think he kind of overachieved last year anyway, so I'm not super high on paying that premium price for Piatti, But I think uh, Mancoso could be a, a, a really good option. Um, overall, I'm not really high on Montreal. I think they kind of just stood still this offseason, whereas a lot of Eastern teams made moves. Um, it would not surprise me if Montreal did not make the playoffs. Um, but uh, I, I think Mancoso could be a uh, pretty good value. Andrew,
2: I'm I'm not high on Montreal either this year. Um, they are just 100% a counterattacking team. Um, last year, their three central midfielders looked slow and completely immobile, and now they're a year older. So I think they're really going to struggle on both sides of the ball.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm a bit higher on these guys. I think <laughs> obviously than you all are. I, I think they've still got some solid people back there to help with the defense, and I think they've got a a attacking combo with Oduro and uh Mancosu who will be pretty potent. I mean this this is Montreal A D. So it's after Drogba now. And I think uh Mancosu is the one that slots in there very well. And I think he's gonna have a breakout year and have he has some impressive numbers for the little bit of time that he got last year. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they're good, but We'll see. They are away to San Jose in the opening round. Is that uh, enough to take a risk?
1: No, because I do not want to watch that game. Those are two teams that are not (laughs) interested in scoring. (laughs) No. I mean, maybe you could take a risk on defensive end. I mean, they they are away. Um, But that's going to be an ugly match. I mean, if if you're going to go Montreal week one, I, I would go defense.
2: I'm there. completely avoiding Montreal week one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh,
0: then let's let you talk about New England. Do you have a better opinion of them, Andrew? Man, I am
2: so conflicted <laughs> on New England. They have so many individual players that I like, but as a team, they don't look like they have any sort of like coherence about how they want to create scoring chances and how they want to defend. Um I was watching one of their preseason games just a little bit ago and they were playing Juan Agudelo as the number 10 at the point of the diamond and he was completely lost. He had no clue what runs he was supposed to be making on offense. Defensively, he just did not know what his role was. Um and they looked bad. I mean, they made Colorado's second team offense look like a good possession team. It it was bad and ugly and i'm i'm really afraid for their defense again this year um their attackers they've got a bunch of guys that have been good in the past i'm not sure if they're going to be able to string it all together this year or not um kai kamara you know last year he was complete garbage 2 years ago he was mm-hmm. the guy to own um similar story with lee win last year not great before that he was awesome um, Juan Agudelo is, in my opinion, the best American forward there is, Uh, but they're looking at playing him as an attacking midfielder or as a winger where he's struggled every single time that he's played somewhere that isn't as a central forward. Um, So I I can't even pick him up on my team despite his attractive price at 8.5. So they're a wait and see for me. Um, I'm not too hopeful but i really want to be
0: mike
1: i I think andrew nailed it Uh, one thing i wanted to add is uh, i don't know if any of our listeners have read uh matt doyle's projected lineups column um if you haven't i'd highly recommend it for fantasy players because it's a really good really good resource to kind of see what the position battles are where players are going to line up and where the values are New England is one of the ones where he looks at, like, I have no idea what's what to go on. Because right now, he has Lee Wynn out of the starting lineup because he can't figure out how to make the pieces fit. With that, I, I don't know anyone that I can depend on week one to see how New England is going to fit. I think they're experimenting. I think they're clearly a step behind the league. And that was last year. And then I think the rest of the league just got better. Uh, I, I would not touch New England right now. I, I just don't think there's enough um, dependability as to who's going to start where. And then even if they do start, most of these players are very inconsistent from a fantasy perspective. I mean, we've had times where uh, Kellen Rowe is the player to own, where Fagundes is the player to own, and then they, they flame out and, and then they're garbage again. So I, I would stay away from them um, for, for week one. Um I mean, plus, I mean, plus they're at Colorado. So they're off. Your attackers week one aren't going to be any good. Maybe your defenders are going to be good, but I think Colorado is decent enough where they can beat, put at least one in, in the net against New England at home. So I, I, I think you're skipping New England week one for sure. Yeah. The I, one
2: positive point on New England is uh, Tierney, who's a defender for 5.5 that takes some set pieces and corner kicks for them. Um, he's someone that I've, considered putting in my team for week one as a switcheroo option but as it stands right now he's not included
0: i have to say my favorite part about uh doyle's article Mm -hmm. with new england is it's it's lee win who is not in the lineup actually and he just goes down there and says i can't say why not caldwell not agudelo not kamara and just like someone Mm -hmm. has to get left off and yeah it's gonna be some hard decisions up there i think this year but no you guys nailed it uh now mike some more familiar territory for you tell us about New York City FC
1: well um their team that's made a lot of moves um I, I think not signing Frank Lampard is you know one of the best signs for MLS as a league as a whole um because they're they definitely decided that they're going to invest their money in young international players uh who are hopefully going to come in and, and be very talented and, and really improve the team. Um, now, I think one of the biggest losses they have was actually losing Iriola at defensive mid. Now they brought in a 17 year old, I believe he's Brazilian, or Brazilian or Argentinian. I can't remember off the top of my head, which um, Angel Herrera, um, he's very promising Plays for their international team. Um, I don't know if he's in the game yet, but um he he should be a very good defensive midfielder to kind of shore up something for Pirlo, and then of course I'm I'm bearing the lead a little bit. But their new uh, designated player signing is Maxi Morales. Um, I'm not sure how good he is, but there have been a lot of articles on MLS by non-New York City people saying that he's possibly a Giovinco 2.0. Now I don't think he's necessarily you buy him thinking he's going to be a Giovinco, but if he's anywhere close, he's only priced in the game at nine point zero. So that could be very exciting. If he attracts offensive attention, you're going to see the same kind of offensive production from all of New York City. Uh, Not only David Villa, who I think is, even though he's at 10.0, is still a pretty good deal, but you'll also see production from Tommy McNamara and Jack Harrison, both of whom are priced at 7.5. So there there are some really good options offensively for New York City. Defensively, they're still terrible. I, I wouldn't touch them other than they brought in Sean Johnson, who... I mean, he's got to be better than Josh Saunders. So I think you'll see a little bit better defense, but you know, you're know, you still not touching them defensively. But offensively, so, so many options, you can't really go wrong with a, any of them. Nicely I said. actually
2: like some of their defenders. Um, Matarita and Allen last year got a whole heck of a lot of bonus points on both sides of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I, as far as clean sheets go, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to replicate how surprisingly many they got last year. Um, but those are two guys that, if you're looking for New York City defenders, that's where I would go. Um, Mike, I got a question for you. Um, do you think there's going to be any sort of like timeshare going on for the other two attacking spots aside from Villa and Morales?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, Shelton hasn't looked very good this preseason. Um, uh, if he had, I think there would be a little bit more of a competition. But I think with Morales coming in, I think it's pretty locked on that it's going to be McNamara and Harrison um, with Shelton kind of coming on as a sub. Uh, I think something to, to kind of add to that is um, Lewis who, who is their draft pick that they spent so many money, so much money on bringing in um, from Chicago. Um, he's going to be off with the U.S. under-20 national team, I think it is, for most of the first half of the season. So I think that's probably why they're comfortable kind of having just Shelton as a backup for Tommy McNamara, who can't seem to go 90 minutes too often anyway. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be too much of a timeshare, unless like they're just in injuries or something. But I, I think, for the most part, you're locked into via McNamara, Harrison, uh, Morales, and Pirlo.
0: Yeah, but Harrison, uh, he, his minutes may seem a little low back from 2016, but we have to remember and if you're new you wouldn't know this, uh, he had an injury near the beginning of the season, so that's a lot of his numbers are going to be lower because of that, but he was very quickly back into the starting 11 once that was he recovered and so I I think he's the clear right wing choice.
1: Yeah, he just has so much more ability and passing um, skills more than Shelton. Shelton has um, Harrison beat in speed, but especially in Yankee Stadium when the lanes are much narrower, uh, I think Harrison um, is the clear winner because of his technicality.
0: So are these guys cheap enough and have a good enough match, even away to Orlando that you would pick them for the opening weekend challenge?
1: Absolutely. Orlando's terrible. I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that, I mean, Orlando's probably one of the worst defenses in the league. So if you're picking any offense on the road, I think New York City's one of the ones you got to look at.
2: I'm personally not picking any of them, but if you are picking an away team, I think New York
0: City is the one that you go with. There we go. Well, now, Mike, you can put your fingers in your ears for this section. Uh, Andrew, do you want to talk to us about the Red Bulls? I kind of want to hear Mike talk to us about the Red Bulls. <laughs> well, we can do that. Mike, you want to talk about the Red Bulls? Uh,
1: sure, I, I, I can talk about the Red Politely? Bulls. Politely? Um, 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 maybe. Uh, I, I could try. Um, maybe we'll just kind of leave a pause here in case we have to go back and edit um, whatever <laughs> I do out. Um, No, I mean, the Red Bulls, uh, from a fantasy perspective, they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, I hate to say that as a New York City fan, but they are. They're still really good. Um, obviously I don't think anything's different, you know, from Sasha question or, um, BWP, I I would expect the same kind of level of production that they've had, um, in, in years past. Um, now I am not a fan of their trades for Dax McCarty that might work out, um, in the future, you know, Davis is someone that they really think is going to be really good. Um, and and is a young player and he's, he's priced at 6.5. So he, he might have some good production value down the line, But I think he's still young. I think he's going to have some time to um, acclimate to MLS and to the first team. And I really think they take a step backwards on defense. I I think as a result, I'm not sold on Robles as a premium uh, keeper. Because I really think they're underestimating just how much Dax McCarty did for that team in terms of energy, press, and defensive skill. I I don't think you just easily replace that. So maybe towards the end of the season, after Davis has kind of gotten um, his bearings, they're going to be a better defensive team. But I think they take a little bit of a step backwards. Still a good offensive team, still a playoff team. But um, I I don't understand why you would trade Dax McCarty if you want to win an MLS Cup this year.
0: Now, I do think that when Dax wasn't there and Davis did jump in, that they found him a pretty like-for-like replacement and and that if he's going to bring youth and the similar play style, that does free you with that cap space.
1: Well, but one thing I will say on on Sasha Kleschen, I still think he's pretty good, but most of Sasha Kleschen's worst games were when Dax McCarty was out. Um, If you go back and look, I think... I think he only had, I think it was like a five-game stretch. And Sasha Kleshin had a number of five-point totals in there with only like one-eight. Which, if you remember what kind of production Sasha Kleshin was having last year, was pretty low. So I, there was definitely some struggles from Sasha Kleshin without Dax McCarty kind of there holding down the defensive midfield, ter- creating turnovers and using those turnovers to create into um, opportunities that Sasha Kleshin could take advantage of. So I... I I, I understand why they think he will be a like-for-like like replacement, but at the start, I'm not sure he is a like-like-like-for-like like, like like replacement.
0: Fair enough, Andrew. You want to add anything to that? Yeah, Sean Davis is
2: my boy. I am really high on this guy. I've been watching him for a couple of years now, and I've wanted him to be the starter last year all year long. Um, I'm I'm really big on him. He's super cheap, just six point five this year. Um, he's his play style is more similar to Christian Roldan um, than it is Dax McCarty. He's not a true, like, sit and hold in the middle of the field. He's the guy that kind of bounces around a little bit and provides the the shape for the team defensively. Um, but he's he's better than Dax going forward, in my opinion. Um, and he's, he's definitely someone that is going to go under the radar for a lot of the people. Um, but he's he's really good. Um, as far as the defense go, I, I think I agree with Mike that I want to avoid them to start the season until we see if they're um, a little bit less error-prone than they were last year.
0: So do you like Davis even as a defensive midfielder fantasy-wise?
2: Oh, yeah. Felipe is going to be the defensive midfielder. Davis is going to be the box-to-box midfielder.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair. So he is opening weekend challenge. Good for you? Um,
2: he's not on my team right now. Which feels
0: weird considering how much I just hyped him. But but whatever. Whatever. I like <laughs> him. Someone, if someone wants to get a New York player away at Atlanta, is, is Davis the one you would recommend? Jeez. Uh, okay. I don't we'll, know. We'll put a question mark. <laughs> a question mark right there.
1: As but much as I just... As much as I just bash Sasha, he's Sasha's on my team. Mostly because I don't think Atlanta week one is very good. That's, that's but. <laughs> fair. You're
0: not, you're not letting your bias jump in. But, uh, Andrew, since you made Mike talk about the Red Bulls, I'm going to make you talk about Orlando City. Wow. Okay. I mean, Thanks. it's not a huge thing, but, I mean, we're not going to have Mike <laughs> talking.
2: Sure. Um, Orlando, what can you say? Um, their defense was absolute garbage last year. Like complete lack of understanding between one guy and the guy standing right next to him. Um, They were real bad and I don't think they have necessarily improved on that front. Um, So definitely wait to see um, another team that we're just kind of holding on to see if they figure it out. Um, They lost Molino, who I thought was their best player last year. Um, So that's going to be a big struggle to kind of, replace not only his pace but his ability to actually play at pace um which is why you know minnesota was willing to spend so much to get him because he's really good he's he's got a unique skill set that is hard to find in mls um mpg is a guy that i like he's he's priced at i think just 7.0 this year um and he'll take a bunch of set pieces uh, especially if kaka is not on Um, which Kaka, you know, he's old, he's injury prone. I don't think he's played more than about 24, 25 games a year in a couple of years. Uh, so he's someone that when he's healthy, he's fine to pick him, go for it. But, uh, just be aware that there's going to be some games where he unexpectedly misses. Um, and then up top, you've got Kyle Laren who at 9.0, he's in my team right now. Um, Last year wasn't as good as his rookie campaign, but he's, he's clearly got the talent. He's got the skill. Um, so he's definitely one that will be in and out of my team this year.
0: Mike? I,
1: I think I did the Orlando preview for uh, Fantasy Boss. And when I was looking, their um, big offseason acquisition was um, Jonathan Specter. And when I look to see what his strengths are on com, his strengths were listed as none. Um, that's not a good top-of-the-line offseason acquisition. Um, like Andrew said, they lost Molino. Uh, that was 11 goals, 8 assists that just walk out the door with no one to replace him. I- I'm not sold on Spectre as a solution to their defensive woes. Um, and-, and judging by what we've heard in preseason so far, um, it hasn't gotten much better with with what they have, um, so I, I don't like Orlando as a team overall. Now, week one, they're at home with a big um, stadium opening against New York City's poorest defense. So I think you you'd be justified in taking uh, a guy like MPG or Kaká or Laren um, because of the matchup. But um, overall, th- this is just not a very good team. Uh, I w- definitely avoid the defense. The offensive players sometimes give you enough value based on matchups, but it's th- they're, they're not going to the playoffs.
0: And I guess uh, these are all fair comments. I know there is a lot of shifting going on at Orlando right now. This is becoming more of the Christ team, though, because the old guard is leaving. Uh, Jason Christ is bringing in some new guys. So this is probably going to be a year of growing pains for orlando but it still seems like you guys are pretty optimistic on a couple of options for the opening week challenge fair
1: yeah and i mean part part of orlando's problem is not crisis making they signed a lot of
0: oh no, no really no,
1: bad value contracts that they're still trying to dump you know like like mateos and and, and players like that no so i mean but it's going to take maybe the whole at least until the summer, maybe the whole year, until they get out from under those contracts. So until then, um, you're just okay. kind of looking on matchups for offense. And week one, they have a good matchup.
0: Yep, yep, this is a team in flux. Uh, Andrew, talk to us a little bit about Philadelphia. Um, Philly. I was not prepared to talk about Philly. Um, no,
2: we'll
0: let Mike... Do it then. Okay.
1: All, Mike, all right, I will talk about All right, I will talk about Philly. Um, I mentioned earlier about cheap forwards. Well, Philly has one of the cheapest, um, Simpson, at 7.0. I I think that could be um, a good cheap option. Now, uh, I kind of look and kind of see why he was so cheap, and apparently that's because he's from League Two. That's the fourth highest division in England. And he didn't score all that much there. So he's really cheap, but that's about it. But he does seem to be a locked-on starter, so if you're kind of going for a cheap differential to make your budget work, um, Simpson could be um, an intriguing option. Um, I I just don't think they've done enough to replace what they lost last year, Um, specifically Barnetta, who left at the end of the season, and Noguera. If you remember last year, they were at the top of the Eastern Conference, and then Noguera left abruptly midseason. They haven't... um, had enough. They they weren't the same same team since then, and I'm not quite sure. I'm I'm going to mispronounce it. Medujanin? That's wrong. I apologize. Um, There's a pronunciation guide for Philadelphia that I foolishly neglected to actually listen to, which is bookmarked to later. Um, But I, I don't think they did enough to find someone who's going to create chances for them. If you think that Medujanin is good enough, then you might be higher on Philly. I just didn't see the numbers there whenever I looked that he would be that kind of chance producer that they really need to create in this Eastern Conference that has so many really good chance producers that we've already gone over. Um, So I think Philly's going to be low down on your list for options fantasy-wise.
0: I want to defend Simpson a little bit because I think he could be a pretty good player for, for Philadelphia if they have him in the right formation. Some of his low goal scoring is just due to some of the way League two works, especially with what I heard about um, the way his former team worked, that when a guy was kind of on the way out or they might be able to sell him, then he kind of got less play time to help encourage that transaction. I mean, it is what it is. That That's how people can roll, but I think that hurt some of his stats. But if you look at what he was able to score – when he did get the play time i think he has some good scoring tendencies but most of that comes with a uh, a two forward system. So so having that 3-2 up top gives him that extra room to get a hold-up guy for him to kind of poach or to get his own space to, to make some creativity. So I think that's what's going to be dependent upon Simpson's success is if Philly does move to a system that is is more to his liking. And then I don't know because uh, you got Sapong there and he's going to want the ball as well.
1: Well, and that's going to be a question for Philly because I think right now Matt Doyle has them um, not in a two-forward lineup. He has them in a, I guess, with either a four-two-three-one or a four-five-one. So he's not looking at a at a two-man forward right now, unless they try to fit both him and Sapong, Um, and then they've got to take out you know either Pontius or Abar or. A Bears or alberger or, or someone like that. No, I, don't, I don't think they they would want to do that. So it's going to be tough to kind of if, if if we're saying he needs to be in a two forward system, I'm I'm not sure that's what it's going to be. So that's going to be kind of one to kind of keep an eye on week one to kind of see True, what the yeah. lineups look at. Uh, you know, because I mean at 7.0, it's not going like it's not going to be like he's going to get priced out anytime soon.
2: Andrew, yeah, um, I I feel like this is just a team in general that we can avoid. Um, they're going to have some weeks where they really surprise us and post some really good scores and might put a couple of those together in a row. Um, but in general, I feel like it's it's too many pieces that are just okay. Like, I, I don't know who the guy is in Philly this year, um, and I think that's a real problem.
1: And especially week one, having to go all the way to Vancouver, Vancouver, even though Vancouver's not a great um team in themselves, that distance kind of makes that just a bad matchup for Philly just off the start. So I think for opening weekend, I-, I think you're looking elsewhere. There's just really no reason to jump on Philadelphia's bandwagon right now.
0: All right. and Andrew, wrap it all up for us with Toronto.
2: Toronto. Gotta start with Giovinco. Um he is despite his 12.0 price tag he is still the best value forward in the game um which is a little bit ridiculous because he's two more than any other forward uh so he's in my team to start he's going to be in my team most of the season um he's the player most likely to get price rises out of anybody um he's he's a beast he's a monster um, his partner, Josie Altador went on a bit of a streak towards the end of the year. Uh, he had some injury midway through the year that seems to be recurring at this point. Uh, he's been injured a couple times now since he's transferred t- to Toronto, so that's something that we always got to be wary about. Um, further back, their defense is just solid. They're really good. Um, I, I would own any of them, really. Uh, Maybe not Betashore, but the rest of them, all options, I would definitely consider. Um, Just solid all-around team. Their prices kind of reflect that for the most part, Um, but I I don't think you can really go too wrong if you've got one or two Toronto guys on your team at any point this season.
0: Solid. Mike, anything to add?
1: I think the only thing I'll add is Toronto made a, a big transfer today for an attacking midfielder named Victor Vazquez. Uh, I believe he's a Barcelona product who, who they just signed out of Mexico. Um, he's so I don't know if he's going to take Cooper or Osorio spot, but um, you know, a, an attacking midfielder who has the ability to pass to Giovinco, I think he could have some value there. He's not in the game as of the recording of this podcast. At least, yeah, I don't, don't see him there. Um, so I guess we'll have to see what his price point uh, comes in. But that could be a really good um, differential pick simply because with that uh, attacking front, um, you're going to want the whoever is passing to them.
0: Well, great. Guys, thanks for breaking that down. Uh, so for a quick wrap-up, uh, we're going to get your top five at each position <clears throat> in just a second. So keep, get those brains going. Uh, for a quick breakdown, if you're looking for teams... Uh, that have good opening weekend prospects for the challenge. Then uh, on the East, definitely take a look at Orlando, New York City FC, and Toronto, according to these guys right here. Um, New York Red Bulls and the crew and Chicago are maybe. So that's going to be a judgment call on your half. And it seems like the only solid no that we got from both guys was New England. Uh, does Does that sound fair?
2: I'd say Philly's a solid
0: no. And Philly. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. I, I did put wait and see for Philly. I, I did the review on on the this season for them, and I, and I do like the strategy that they're going for. So I, I think they'll be a bit more solid than um, I think you guys think. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they've got some good pieces there. But, yes, opening weekend challenge uh, away to Vancouver, not uh, very prospective. Now, as I said, final question for you guys – and then I'll let you talk about anything else. Your top five keepers, budget defenders, midfielders, and forwards from the East. So let's start with uh, you, Mike.
1: Okay, so I would say... Really, there's one top Eastern keeper, and then there's a whole other kind of de- tier. I think your best keeper in the East is um, Clint Irwin. 5.5 5. 5. Toronto had, I think, the highest number of clean sheets overall, which isn't reflected in Irwin's score. Uh, as someone on Reddit, I, I can't remember who uh, helpfully pointed out, but I want to give credit to them for pointing that out. Um, so I think Irwin, at f- especially at 5.5, 5, is probably your best Eastern keeper. After that, I think there's a little bit of, um, of a gap. But um, there's kind of like a tier underneath it um, with uh, Robles, Hamid, and Blake. Um, and, then, and then maybe you want um, Sean Johnson just to kind of fill out the five. But I, I wouldn't touch whoever ends up as the revolution keeper. We really don't know who that is going to be right now. Uh, Orlando. Um, Bendick is very, very talented. But the defense is just too bad to, to keep um, a hold of right now. Um, Chicago. Atlanta columbus we don't know who their keeper is going to be and now i'm not high on bush you might want to go with bush for montreal but generally i think those are the five keepers Irwin, robles johnson hamid and blake
0: i got
2: four of those same five uh erwin clearly the best hamid robles and Blake, all good and then my fifth is stefan and columbus uh, mostly due to his price uh defenders andrew Defenders, you mentioned budget defenders, but with how they're priced this year, I think they're all kind of budget defenders. Um, yeah, that's fair. they their returns are actually in line with how they're priced. Um, so my defenders I'm going with are awful, Morrow, Allen, Moore, and Nace.
1: Um, I'm gonna ha- I-, I think I kind of agree with Andrew that they're all kind of budget d- um options, um, ones that it- are particularly uh, budget. I think Callens from New York City. He's priced at four point five, but I think he's going to be a locked in starting center back for New York City. And at four point five, even with New York City's defensive problems, you're going to get some bonus point production. Uh, I think Betashore um, for Toronto is is going to be pretty good. Um, if you want to take a, a gamble, um, we'll have to see if he gets if he earns the starting position. But Ba from New York Red Bulls, um, he was pretty good before he got hurt uh last year um or at least i think he showed some promise uh he's only 5.5 um i think other than that moderita he's good offensive production cabrera from montreal if you think their defense is going to be good Kemp. you know kind kind of players like that i think you know there's not a whole lot of budgets that we know of right now Uh, honestly i think most of them are pretty fairly priced but those are the ones i'd uh nailed as kind of being um budget options.
0: All right. And uh, midfielders, Mike?
1: Uh, midfielders. Well, uh, I think you've got to have um, Sasha Kleshin, um at, at the top. His production has been really incredible the, the past few years. Uh, I, I like Morales for New York City just because of his price to potential ratio. If he really is anything close to GFV. 9.0 is going to be um, such, such a value for him. Uh, I think MPG at Orlando... This is a good bargain at 7.0 because I think he's going to step into that midfield and kind of take over a lot of Molinos' responsibilities. Uh, We mentioned earlier Niarco for uh, DC. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty good again, the same way he was at, at the end of last year. And, um, Trying to think of, uh, oh, Tommy McNamara from New York City. I think 7.5 is a really good value for someone who's going to play not in the midfield, but actually in the forward and the wing position um, in a really good offense for New York City. So I think those are some midfielders to start out with.
2: Andrew? The top two are pretty clearly Question and Piotti. Uh, Both of them are on free kicks, penalty kicks, corner kicks, just generally good players. Um, So those are the top two, and they're priced. That way. Um, I like Lloyd Sam out of DC. Uh who he will also be on some free kicks and some corners, reasonably be, reasonably priced at eight and a half. Um also in DC, Marcelo sarvas he was one of those guys that like just every single week you could count on him to get five points just every single time out there. Um so I think he's gonna be a really good option for Switcheroo uh as your second player in the switcheroo. So if your first player Bombs, you know, he gets two points. Then you can be reasonably assured that if you put in Sarvas instead, that uh, he's he's going to be an improvement on that. Um, and then my last pick is my boy Sean Davis. Of course. All right, take us on with forwards. Forwards: Giovinco. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Via Ola mullins and BWP.
1: I'm. Um, um- Double-checking, but I think we have almost the same. I have Giovinco, Patrick Mullins, David via BWP, and Ola Kamara.
0: Yep, that is it. Well, thank you so much, guys, for uh, answering all these questions. Do you have any other thoughts about the teams that we've talked about from the East tonight that you'd like to share? No. All right. I think, I think we covered it. Good cover. Uh, The last few things that I'm going to say is, uh, remember, everyone, uh, we have a recommended leagues post and a list of leagues over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. So if you're still looking for some teams uh, that offer prizes, uh, we've got that covered. If you just want some for fun, we've got that covered as well. And then head over to r slash mls over at Reddit, and we have a post that is dedicated to just people posting about their league. So if you're looking for a league, check there. If you have a league you want to advertise, Feel free to post it. It's it's just a, a good way to get connected with other passionate fantasy players. Uh, also, Patreon. That is where we do a little bit of fundraising for the podcast, uh, just to help be able to cover the fees that we have and trying to get some cool prizes, working on a scarf. I, I think this year we can get enough funding for that. But Patreon.com slash MLSFI. Uh, we have a special exclusive league just for our Patreon supporters this year. You can only see the code if you go there. So, And I waited until later to do this, so you just can't figure it out, those people who like to just increase the number by one. So it's special. It's just for 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 the MLS by Patreon members, and there's a good number of people right there. It's head-to-head, because that's my favorite style, uh, and I hope you guys have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, so And uh, finally, some new stuff has been coming out. Andrew has a lot of cool articles over at MLSFantasyBoss.com that talk about the breaking down of the stats and what players are really worth the value at their position. So be sure to look at that before you pick your teams. And Mike is our injury guru. So if you're looking for an injury report as it gets close to game time, be sure to hit up Mike and the. Uh, MLS injury news on Twitter to find out the latest rumors and confirmations for absences Uh, guys. Do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap everything up?
1: Yeah, I just want to plug um, MLS injury news. I'm still looking for people to kind of sign up to take on one team to kind of follow them. You know, if that's your team, um, let me know if someone leaves the pitch, if you hear any news or rumors. I've had a few people sign up. It's been a great help so far. So really looking to get everyone for all 22 teams. So if, if you're interested in helping out the community um, by giving information that we're all desperate to get, um, I would really uh, we would really look forward to having you on board and, and helping me out with this.
2: I just want to say, Mike, you are the real
0: MVP. Oh, how sweet. Does all right, that mean well,
1: you're going to leave me for Golden State now?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> wow well I, I was hoping that would be a nice uh heartfelt moment to in the show on but i mean i guess i guess that's okay so hope you guys enjoyed the show be sure to check <laughs> out the the west previews from last week uh combined with already articles and the next episode we have will be next monday and it will be previewing for round one fantasy is just around the corner so thank you very much and good luck